Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The governor's chief of staff has been named the new executive. Hello, hello. Welcome into weekend gardening. Wowie zowie. It's June, y'all. That's right. You know what that means, don't you? Everybody's birthday. All the birthdays. Good grief. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Happy birthday, Bob. I know it was yesterday, but since I wasn't on Facebook, I didn't have any hoop-de-doo yesterday. I I jumped on Facebook last night, of course, to look at the Garden Mama group, which is about all that I do on there anymore. And um, y'all have some beautiful pictures, but my goodness, this group has gotten way larger than my circle can I'm working on managing this. So if you're in the group and you'd like to be an administrator, you should get in touch with me really soon. Otherwise, I'm going to have to figure out how to reset my biological clock. Mm-hmm, that's right, so I don't have to sleep at all. That would probably be a good thing. It turns out that just as we all understand that biological clock and in the way it ticks about different things, it's present in almost every cell in an organism. That's why your plants know it's time to flower or it's time not to, or it's time to, you know, put if they're, particularly if they're day length sensitive, these are all the things that we look at that are running the biological clock. As more and more evidence comes along to tell us that things can get out of sync in organisms, that includes human beings, we really do need to pay attention more directly to our biological clocks. One of the, uh, I just, this can't be this easy. University of Groningen is letting us know today, reporting in Nature Communications, that indeed um, our cells are synchronized to the 24-hour oscillations that our bodies go through. But when things get disrupted, that indeed can be a signal of bigger problems. So what they're looking for is the on and off switch to our biological clock. I would really like for them to find it, frankly. You probably would, too. Let's wish them well in that. Come on in. Let's talk about your plants, 888 If you follow me on any social media, you will have seen already today um, pictures of the onions that I harvested yesterday. I'd also harvested the potatoes, finally, because they, they did try to bloom, and they were, they were really – it was not a good variety – and it got a little bit wet and warm in there. But anyway, I did get a nice, as they say, a mess of potatoes out of my sprouted um, grocery store leftover potatoes that I found in, in a box in my kitchen. They were not saved from last year. They just didn't get eaten. So they sprouted and they got planted. Interestingly enough, it worked. Um, nice little white potato. It's not my favorite. Y'all know my favorite is red Lesota potatoes, the new potatoes that we think of. But um, that's a it's a good one too. Why not? My goodness, triple eight eight zero eight. Tell me what's going on in your garden. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. The Super Talk call line, and of course the C Spire text line is always available to you. Six zero one eight seven nine four three. Nine five. In fact, I'm going to go over here and open another window on that one. Sometimes I need to do that, and I didn't do that this morning um, before it can pop up. We we have way more technology than I'm capable of managing here, so <laughs> that's why it goes like that. Um, I have no idea what that means. Well, anyway, let me say good morning, Rhino. Thank you for being here today. Good morning. We appreciate you coming in to uh, keep me from not being on the air. 
is always one of those things. I've been doing better about getting up earlier, so I, I actually really enjoy coming in because it, it gives me something to do. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I always learn something. Now we'll have to get you gardening. (laughs) I listened to a radio program in which um, the host is bold enough to announce that by the end of this particular hour that he does each week, he does a whole lot of hours, but this was one particular hour, you will laugh out loud and know something you didn't know before you got here. And so those are my goals as well. I think it really ought to be the goals for all radio, but then... You know, how would we listen to the music? No one would know if we were laughing. So, anyway. I've dabbled. I, I have a an Easter lily that has not died yet. Ooh, this is good news. This is good news. Well, before you know it, you'll be growing your own herbs for all those barbecue rubs and things that you like to eat. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> I wanted to bring to you um, just a little bit, because you know how my important music is to me and to this program, you probably know who John Baptiste is, but if you don't, um, indulge me for. If you do, indulge me for a moment. If you don't, you should. He is the band leader in most the most public way um, on the Stephen Colbert on the Late Show. He's that the band leader for that program. He's a native of New Orleans. He has great and amazing talent. And one of the things that he has just done is to win an Oscar for the. He was one of three people in the group that wrote the music for the video for the um, animated feature Soul, which is a delightful little movie, by the way. Um, And when he won, I just really appreciate that he said, you know what's deep is God gave us 12 notes. It's the same 12 notes that Duke Ellington had, that Bach had, Nina Simone. And he goes on and talks about it's all what you do with what you got. So whether it's an Easter lily this morning that we're going to encourage Rhino to keep alive, or whether you've got a whole lawn full of stuff, or whether you've got – I have a lawn full of stuff right now. That's why I thought about that. Um, it turns out that when they fixed my street, our area – my neighbor's was always a little bit lower than everything else, and now it's a whole lot lower. So that's where all the water accumulates is between my driveway and his. So we have a whole new environment that we have to deal with. So my lawn is staying a lot wetter than it ever has before, and therefore it has weeds in it that it didn't have before. But things change, and when they change, we as human beings have to adapt, or we don't. And in that case, I would be out there mowing dollar weed pretty soon, but I'm not going to do that. Let's start on the phones today. Good morning to Red in Lumberton. What's going on, sir? What are you trying to prune today? Morning, morning. Howdy. Uh, I need to show how much I need to cut my blueberry bushes back. I've never cut them back. They're like seven foot tall or whatever. Okay, are they full of fruit? Yes, ma'am. Oh, that's wonderful. That makes me so happy. <laughs> Good. After you pick all of it, you can take them down by as much as one-third of their overall size. So, in other words, at seven feet tall, you can take them down to five without a problem. And then next year, they won't have grown back quite as much. So if you still feel like that's too tall, next year you can take off another third after the fruit comes. But don't do that but once a year. And in a home garden setting, the time to do it is right after you pick the fruit. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you listening. Good to hear from you. I love Lumberton, one of those sweet towns. So many nice towns in Mississippi. We're lucky. I'm lucky I get to go and see them from time to time. Blueberries, by the way. I'm starting to see people having blueberries ripening. Mine are not ripening yet. Mine are always a little bit later. 
it will probably be the third week of June before I can be in here with blue teeth you know, <laughs> and stains all over my fingers. But I am taking the last ones out of the freezer, which means that my packing system of having about two pints per month has, has worked out. I'm going to be able to, to do that, and that's kind of fun. Let's see now. Um, yeah, John's right. There's this this week of we want we should be talking about water gardening in one way or another. This particular world um, this, that we're looking at right now. But to me, the saddest part, of course, is that the people that already got too much rain are going to get more in this coming week, and that gives us a lot of things to worry about in our gardens. Not the least of which is. The tendency of uh, our, we, we look out and we go, well, it's raining again. What can I do? There's nothing I can do. On the other hand, if you're growing annual flowers, if you're growing annual vegetables, for example, it's a really good time to fertilize. It's not going to rain every minute for the next week, no matter where you are. And it's a good thing to understand that those plants use the fertilizer that's available to them, but their root systems are fairly minimal. And even if you put granular fertilizer around them, even if you did that, say, a month ago, when it rains for a solid two or three inches, that that fertilizer is going to be way down in the root zone, away from where the roots can access it. So think about putting out some fertilizer in amongst all the other things that are going on in this wet, uh, wet patch that's coming up. I will say that, and this is one of those things that you should never project what's going to happen. I'm not a meteorologist, and even they don't get it right every time. But I knew this morning um, that I, I was going to be going out in an area where it's probably going to be raining. And so I had on good shoes, and I went back and put on my gardening shoes. Now, that means it will not rain a drop on me until I get home. <laughs> you know how that perverse thing of that thing happens. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, these are pretty. Rusty's got uh, some daylilies to transplant. And um, the, the daylilies can be transplanted any time after they finish blooming that you and the soil are workable. In other words, if it turns off extremely hot right after the daylilies finish, I'm not going to move them. On the other hand, if it continues to be a little bit cloudy and a little bit raining, it's a perfectly good time to dig them up. What you're trying to avoid is the transplant shock of, of relocating a plant from one place to the other in the summertime. Okay? And I will look um, at the tomato... I'm not sure. We I don't know either what's going on. It looks to me like you there, there's not enough something, and I don't know if it's sun or fertilizer. But I will blow that picture up, Rusty, and send you a text about it in the next little bit. Um, oh yeah, you've got a little bit of a a, a problem here, <laughs> Susan Loosedale. She's got a native azalea. They do look like it, but they're actually galls, uh, and they're that's just something you need to pluck off or and or. Um, you can cut that if you haven't pruned this native azalea yet this year you can just cut off those branches but if there's a whole lot of them use your gloves and rub them off and, and just get it off that way It'll, they'll get cleaned up it, it is a wet weather phenomenon pretty much not entirely but it's it's certainly helped by that other things going on in the garden this week the mimosas are blooming like crazy in central mississippi if yours isn't in bloom say in tupelo yet it will be very shortly this is the time when people begin to have a really seriously bipolar reaction to those trees. <laughs> people love them or they hate them. And the reason people tend to hate mimosas is because they drop so many seeds. You know, they they make gigantic seed pods, and they drop them everywhere, and the seeds come up, and then you have to pick them. 
or pull them up or mow over them or do something. So if they come up amongst all your other shrubs and things, of course, you're kind of reduced to hand pulling, and that's a bit of a problem, too. I would say at this time, the really the, the advantage um, of, of weedy trees is that you're not going to have to take care of them very much. The disadvantage is that they're either going to spread or come up from seed and have too much of themselves there. So this is the case where I do vary from my no more than an inch, inch and a half of mulch. I'll tell you, you can put two inches of mulch underneath a mimosa tree. It will suppress a lot of those seeds that come up. But the main way to get rid of those seed pods is to get them off the tree. And if if you can, you can shake the tree literally, and they will fall at a certain point once they've browned. But when they do fall, if you even if you don't shake the tree, just get out there and pick them up. Rake a little bit today, rake a little bit tomorrow. They're not going to take too long to fall off. They're not like ginkgos. They're not going to all drop at one time. I'll drop all those leaves at one time, but the the mimosas will drop their seed pods in in flushes, and you can get them out of there. But if you don't do it, that is when you become one of those people that yells at them and doesn't like the tree. I like the tree. I think it smells nice. It can make a nice little canopy or a nice backdrop. I have it in two places in, in my garden. It does one in one place and one in the other. But they also have a real popularity among all my pollinators, and I'm always in favor of that, too. Well, we've got more Gardening Takes Guts stories today, and, and we're going to get into those a little bit because they're just such a proliferation of that. Why didn't I write that book? Somebody's bound to write that book very soon, pulling together all of the reasons why we do these things. Oh, pretty. Andrea's in, in Madison. Um, it, it is not the Flaming Glory Bower. This one is, this is a different Glory Bower. All the Clerodendrums tend to be called Glory Bower in one sense, one sense or another. And she, what she's saying is that this is not the same Flaming um, Glory Bower that was in my tropical, that is in my tropical plants book. That's true, because that's a different Clerodendrum, but they are both Clerodendrums. I'm going to search my head and think of the other common name for this one, and I, w- I will get to that this morning. Um, this particular one is a wider, a, a narrower leaf, but longer. And one of the things that happens um, is that when when they bloom, they have a really pretty bloom, but immediately they begin spreading. And so you need to give them a confined place. I will give you an example. Years ago, um, Ken Hackman gave me one of this particular glory bower. And I didn't think it was going to, I didn't realize it was going to be just like cashmere bouquet and other fairly bullish members of the Clerodendrum family. So I planted it next to my back steps, and it immediately sent itself underneath my house and came up on the other side the next year, where it, where it was, of course, in the way of everything. But one of the things you have to realize is when you plant something, it's going to grow. If we're successful, it's going to grow, so we have to be careful with that. This one will have flowers on it, though. Um, I'm, I want to say it's Harlequin Glory Bower. I'm not, a, I'm not 100% sure, but I will look that up. Harlequin Glory Bower is a little bit different. It's the clerodendron that has, instead of having really loud flowers, the flowers are a little bit more subtly colored, and there actually are usually more of them. But it is pretty rampant compared to Flaming Glory Bower. Nice bunch of plants, though, um, particularly 
if uh, you're like a friend of mine who had a in, in the house that she was living in about 20 years ago, there was nothing in the backyard but pine trees. And it was a shallow backyard, and the pine trees were part of a, a group that went through the neighborhood, and they were lovely. But it was a very shady backyard, and therefore not a lot of lawn grass, uh, not enough places to, for the children necessarily to play. But in that particular sort of a grotto-like environment, the cashmere bouquets came up every year and bloomed with big, beautiful heads on them and brought in the butterflies and everything else in that high shade. So where you can put them, every plant has a spot. If you can put them where they can grow and take care of themselves and you don't have to fool with them, then all the better. Okay? I mean, that's just that's terrific. But, of course, you do have to go out and take some out every now and then or you'd have way too many. Yeah, those are some nice plants, though. That, that whole family of plants, um, probably the one that, if you're the if you're one of those folks that's really distressed by plants that are a little bit bullyish, you will you would want to do um, well. And see, here's another one that's got two different names. Hmm. Anyway, the 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 basket type, really super tropical of these plants, is probably the one that you would be looking for. I'm not even going to tell you what the name of it is because then you'll call me and tell me the other plant. Ah, goodness gracious! Let me look up Harlequin Glory Bower. As we get into this uh, bit of time this morning, we've got to talk about what's going on in your garden and my garden and everybody else's garden today, because this is your weather forecast for weekend gardening. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Thanks. I want to talk about what Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation is. We serve as the largest general farm organization in Mississippi with more than 170,000 member families. We're here to solve problems for our Mississippi farmers so they can have a better life and make a better living. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. If you're building a new home or remodeling an older home, Amazing Propane is for you. A propane tankless water heater, a propane generator, a propane gas grill and oven, propane fireplaces, even lighting. Propane, such a versatile, clean, cost-effective source of energy for any home. Propane, clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden. 
growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardengarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. No Drip Roofing and Construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified, certainteed shingle installer, family owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No Drip Roofing and Construction. 601-371-1051. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. Meet Bob Manetti. In 2016, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Bob participated in a clinical trial that included cutting-edge radiation therapy and surgery. He's been in remission since completion. I'm Keisha Sharp. Since losing my mother to pancreatic cancer, I've been working to share the kind of state-of-the-art work being done by Stand Up to Cancer and Lust Garden Foundation. To learn more about the latest research, including clinical trials, visit pancreaticcancercollective.org. Realtors and homeowners, listen up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call two men in a truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit twomenandatruck.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. I am uh, deep in the world of clerodendrums for Andrea in Madison. I'm pretty sure the one that we're talking about is Thomsonier, which is um, actually the red glory bower. But but yours, yours does look like Harlequin glory bower, which is clerodendrum trichotomum or something like that. The good news is you can call that one peanut butter tree because <laughs> that's what it smells like. You may know cashmere bouquet is, has its name not because it smells like soap, but because it smells like a wet goat. And so when when it when the you cut the branches or you you cut them down or something, you you'll pick up your hands and your gloves and everything will smell like wet wool. Um, that's one reason people don't like the plant. Other people think, oh, that's hilarious. You know, I'm I'm known for. 
This is the same person that you're looking at, of course, and and listening to this morning that takes children out in their pajamas to see flowers that bloom at night, okay? So I'm likely to pick up something just so that I can say, guess what this smells like? (laughs) It smells like peanut butter. This one smells like wet goats. (laughs) And yes, they do, because all of our plants have a life. Looking at the tomato from Rusty, and I'm going to write him a note because he's not able to listen today. But I think some container tomatoes at this point are getting this problem. And by that, by this particular problem, what I mean is um, we're either too wet and therefore we're, we're, or we don't have enough fertilizer. But the, the bottom line problem is that the tomato is not getting enough nutrition. So if the container soil is staying so wet that the roots can't work, there could be a lot of fertilizer in the soil and in the pot, but you wouldn't get any up to the plant. In the reverse of that, if the whole thing doesn't, if you if you've been rolling along fine, but you haven't fertilized it in a month, then that's what I'm looking at. So it's one of the other the, these two things. What I'm seeing for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with how tomatoes grow, there's beautiful leaves at the bottom, and then the stems look wimpy, coming up from it. So I, they're, they're, the leaves on the top are very small. They're not they're not able to open up, and they're not getting big enough when they do open. So it's either that the plant can't take up the water and fertilizer that's in the soil or that there isn't enough in there. Okay? Okay. Um, let's see. You can uh, – oh, that's nice. Cowhorns, that's nice. Yep, yep, that's nice. Really good-looking stuff. Pretty tomatoes. Thank you, Ken. Very nice. Uh, off to work. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you can. We, we've got some. Hey, Paula, that's Paula in Dentonville. We are getting some really good reviews. Talk about our new app, Rhino. I know that the app is having better responses. I've been looking at uh, various notes from people. How do people download it? Well, all you got to do is go to your app store, whether that be the Apple Store or the Google Play Store or generally anywhere you would download your apps. Search for Super Talk Mississippi, and you'll see our logo there. Download the app. If you've already downloaded it and you're having any problems, the quickest, easiest way to fix it, and it's going to sound a little counterintuitive, hold your finger down on it until it starts wiggling and hit the little X to delete it. And then reinstall and it. The that that pretty much clears yeah. out clears out any bug you might have, and it works perfectly. And by the way, folks, that works. It's, you know, it's it's the modern, the 21st century version of unplug the computer and plug it back in. <laughs> you know? Sometimes you just got it's to. It's the same thing. <laughs> Trust me. I've got. I have a new Google issue, y'all, and I do love Google. I appreciate them trying to make me smarter than I possibly can be. But for some reason or another, because I have an old device in my house and a new device in my house, and they're not neither one of them that new, but but they're one's older than the other. I use one for streaming and music and stuff, and really that's all. But but there's a bunch of old apps in it. So now Google's trying to sign me into everything. It's like no, that's not. That's really not only is not necessary. That will confuse me past. So one of my uh, I've, I've have, I have two rain tasks. For people who garden, it's hard to sit around in the rain. You want other, you want to be doing other stuff. So I have two. I've given myself two tasks. One of them is to figure that out, get only one set of apps into the Google. That may take all week. I don't know. And the other thing I did was I began last night going through the gigantic envelope, and I mean sack of business cards and phone numbers and things that people have given me or that I have written down over time. 
and I, there's none there that's more than 10 years old. But 10 years is a long time. So there are a lot of businesses that I have cards for that don't exist. There's people that are gone, you know, too. But there are other things where I know it's my handwriting, and I have not a clue what the note was about. And I'm finally letting them go. I'm telling you, you got to let some things go. It's a phone number, doesn't have a town. Some of them don't even have area codes. What was I thinking? Why did I keep that? I don't know. Anyway. But the Google and I are going to figure it all out during the rain this week. It's important. There's things to do. I told you that there were salps. We talked about these things last week. But now there's another story about salps. This is just crazy. And another bit of research coming out to let us know. Um, you know that krill are the really known as the bi- most bioavailable food source um, in, in, in natural conditions, you know, in, in, say, particularly the southern, southern oceans. It's, we're looking below the equator now. But the, uh, these folks from the Alfred Wegener Institute have actually been out there measuring what it is that the salps leave behind in terms of the iron content, therefore the value to the rest of the environment. And indeed, it turns out that the microalgae are better able to process that and grow from it than they are from krill, and everybody thought it was all about the krill. It turns out the Antarctic phytoplankton can more easily take up that micronutrient iron produced by the salps. Who knew? We didn't know. And that's why we do research. Well, why would you do that? Well, because it's kind of like the same piece of information that we understand now that yes, if you're a pretty flower seen as pretty by somebody, you're more likely to get more research done on you than one that is considered contorted or odd or weird colored or any of the things that are less in, in our, our prejudice toward flowers. Okay, So let's face it, we, th- we think the krill are adorable because the, the, the whales eat them and all these things with them. But it turns out that the salps are actually more important, and they are some ugly suckers. So I'm happy to say that they've got a m- little bit more game in all of this. In many parts of the Southern Ocean, the lack of avail- availability of iron is the limiting factor in a lot of stuff, particularly the growth of phytoplankton, which in turn feed so many other things. So indeed, the, the, the CO2 that the microalgae can fix and therefore benefit us, if they can't grow, if they can't get their iron, they can't do that job that they're so busy trying to do. So the, all of these things really do work in Congress with one another and try to find ways to make things work better and fit better. And indeed, the salps turn out to be a lot more important than we thought in that particular world. Um, there's that's it's so pretty. John sending in things today from Tallahatchie. Beautiful picture of the Sunflower River that he painted. This is this one's not a photograph. And uh, Cy, Old Cypress, you've been busy, sir. Beautiful, beautiful collection. I guess the mud is up. You can't get out, go out, um, and and harvest at the moment. <laughs> Something else going on. Speaking of harvesting, this is really the time that if you've not planted okra, do it, because okra is a better plant in the hot summer. Same as flowers like melon podium, um, Madagascar periwinkles. Um, gourds and pumpkins and things that that really prefer hot weather hot soil warm conditions and they don't care about the humidity this is the time and if you are worried that it would take gosh it takes so long to grow that big okra when will i ever get any trust me 
get yourself some Cajun Delight or some, I think it's, it's either Baby Bubba or Bubba Baby. Um, they're, they're short plants, but they have really delightful okra and really easy, easy to grow, things that you want to think about adding to your garden um, by all means. Really fun stuff to grow, too, because they're pretty. And remember, okra is one of those things, you know, if you're growing flowers and you want them to be able to be cut for the vase, you you don't necessarily worry necessarily about all the leaf diseases, but you do have to worry about the flower buds being beset by aphids, and, and aphids can certainly suck the life out of any little plant, and you wouldn't get a flower at all. So you, know, you need to know that Okra is one of those plants that aphids are attracted to. That's why so often we see the ants going up and down on the okra. They're farming the aphids. That's the clue to you that the aphids are trying to tear up your okra. But if you are if you don't really care about the okra and you're really trying to encourage these flowers that you have over here in the bed next to them, then you may want to just have the okra here and there as a trap for the others. Now, here's another thing going on in the the world of hibiscus, you know, um, okra is one of the hibiscus. One of the perennial hibiscus are are being beset by lots and lots of what we call skeletonizing insects. The the sawfly is the one that gets in the hibiscus, and they take out everything except the vein. They eat everything and leave a lacy-looking leaf. This is not good, and it certainly reduces the potential for your plant to make any flowers this year you can you do we do some control when we cut them down and clean the area around those plants but when you're seeing them right now if you've got the damage take off the damaged leaves look for the insects themselves and get them out of there but spray the plants with spinosad you'll be glad that you did it's one of those naturally occurring um, naturally occurring cures (laughs) it's not a cure it's a treatment but anyway um do you have friends with diabetes? You probably do. You live in Mississippi or somewhere in the South. Um, I have always heard from them that my mother's absolute practice of making us drink orange juice every morning is bad because you're not supposed to drink juice and, because it can. it's such a concentration of sugar that it goes counter to your diabetic situation. Um, I don't know when I stopped doing that, but somewhere along the way, I, I, I no longer drink that glass of orange juice in the morning, at least not every morning. But new research, so that sort of led to, frankly, I think, a lot of people saying, well, the fruit juice is bad, then the fruit fruit couldn't be that good either, and so maybe I need to go to artificial sweeteners or this or that or the other thing. I think you need to rein that thinking back in a little bit based on this research from the Endocrine Society. This this new study finds that people, average people, not diabetic, who consume two servings of fruit per day have a lower odd of developing type 2 diabetes than those who eat less of it. Now, this is not juice, so we're we're further separating the two things. Um, One of the reasons, of course, that orange juice or any of that stuff is, is so delicious is because it's concentrated and you just drink it. I mean, I don't mean that it's concentrated like in the freezer. It's just a, it's an intensely it's intensely processed. And so what we're trying to get when we eat fruit is some of the other parts of the fruit that are actually in there. It's a really good thing to know that the two things are different. What they did was to study more than 7,000 participants from now hold your breath on this one. Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute's Australian Diabetes, Obesity, and Lifestyle Study. Anyway, lots of data. (laughs) And they found that the people who ate more fruit than less, up to two servings a day, actually did have 
a lower risk of diabetes. Now, what I have found, because, you know, I'm a person for whom sugar is love, um, you, you, you feel good, you eat a cookie, you feel bad, you eat a cake. You know what I mean? It's, sugar is a love thing with, with me for my whole life. And as a result, being able to understand that, okay, it is all right for me to go and eat two servings of fruit, which can actually satisfy quite a bit of my sweet tooth if I do the right things. I like that. I'm glad to know that. Something else I'm glad to know today, and that's that you're here listening in, paying attention, sending in phone calls, sending in texts. Let's talk to Don and Madison. Good morning. What's up with your mulch? Uh, Good morning. Yeah, I'm new to the Madison area. I'm originally from South Mississippi, and down there we use cypress mulch. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed around my neighborhood, everybody uses pine straw, and I really don't like pine straw. So I was just wondering... If, like, is pine straw better in this area? No, it's just more available, <laughs> so it's cheaper. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, now, my choice, I like Cypress Mulch, but it, it is definitely a very local product. So when it's not available, I'm, I'm a big fan of ground pine bark mulch. And we also have ground hardwood mulches, for example, if you were, if you were trying to grow something that couldn't take any more of the acidification that we have so much of in this part of the world. But the reason that I do that is because you can get wonderful product from right here in Mississippi. It's another case where it's, it's, it's local. Um, our friends in Brookhaven do a beautiful job, and you could, you'll find that I'll, I will give you a list after the break when the music's not going to roll over me, and I'll give you the brand names, and so just hang on for that um, because you, you're going to be glad that you did. <laughs> I'm not much on pine straw. It has to be pulled out and taken out, and then I have to do something with it when it all starts to grow white mycelia in it. So I'm kind of I'm I'm here with Don and Madison. I'm going to let that go. Now stick here because we got a lot more to go on weekend gardening. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it calls to bring you into this world, and when you leave it, and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Y'all listen up. Have you seen all the litter on the sides of our roads? We need to all do our part to fight litter. Put trash in its proper place and make sure items in your truck beds are secure. Remember, trash blows. Secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. 
the new degree of comfort. This hour of weekend gardening is brought to you locally in part by The Tractor Store, your Mahindra dealer on Highway 49 South in Richland. The Tractor Store is proud to sell Mahindra, the world's number one tractor. The Tractor Store, your farm and lawn equipment destination. Garden Mama here to ask, what about your trees? Hmm? Everybody like me who has big trees in their landscape needs a tree service, and mine is Matthews Tree Service, the metro area's oldest residential tree service. They're licensed, insured, and ready to consult with you about damaged trees and healthy ones, too. Listen to your mama now and call Matthews for free estimates in the greater Jackson metro area. Call 601-316-8584. Matthews Tree Service. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade he'd let us in knows where we've been in his octopus's garden in the shade ah yes indeed yes see that's another birthday boy coming up Ringo Starr's birthday is in about six weeks Ringo that's right who'd have thunk huh who do we still get to go see at the casino with the All-Stars? That'd be Ringo. I'm not surprised. He's, I think he was the oldest. I really do. I still think he's the coolest. Well, clearly. <laughs> and certainly the least full of himself, I will say. I'm sorry, y'all. There's all these people out there. Oh, no, Paul's wonderful. I know he is, and Sir Paul is the delight that's wonderful. But Sir Paul and Sir Mick and all that, they just can't hold a candle to, to Ringo Starr. I'm sorry. Is he Sir Richard? He probably is by now. I don't know. Somebody will have to tell me. Good questions coming in on the ceasefire text line today. And, of course, more information coming out here shortly about mulch. Um, I want to send 
Don and Madison to philipsbark.com. Okay? I've done this a hundred times, but I'm going to say it again. P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S dot com. philipsbark.com. Spell Phillips the right way with the P-H. Okay? These folks are in Brookhaven. They are not only super nice, they are massively important in our world of forestry and forestry products. When you look at their website, you will see all kinds of things, mulches, amendments, this and that. Hit the mulches, and you're going to see not only pine bark mulch that I'm talking about, but you're also going to see hardwood mulch that I'm talking about. And you're going to see the one I forgot, which is the cypress mulch blend. So if you really like the cypress, and I do, I'm going to try that one next, too. Um, these are Gardenese is their brand. But if you cru- cruise around in their website, you will see several different opportunities of products. They have different different brands, different things. If you read the back of the bag, any time you see Phillips Bark Processing, I'm going to say get it. <laughs> okay, They make potting soils. They make a bunch of stuff. Good products, all things that I use, um, and and they are they're friends. They're very nice folks. Andrea in Madison, someone's eating my shishito peppers. It looks like slugs to me, Andrea. And um, I have a couple of approaches to that. One is pick the plant up and put it on top of something else so that it's harder for the slugs to get to it. Make sure that they're not living underneath your soil, which it doesn't look like they are in this particular container, because it doesn't look like it's staying wet enough for that. And of course. We we have plenty of things that we can put to, to dissuade them, diatomaceous earth being the first one. You can continue to eat the peppers after you use the diatomaceous earth, and it will dissuade them. Just put like a light coating of it in the top of the pot. When they crawl across it, it will cut them into pieces. That's right. She said it. It will shred them. All right. Oh, beautiful. Sue from Loosedale. Um, these are g- lovely fire lilies. This is the Gloriosa lily, which is the only true vining, only true lily that vines, and that that is a beautiful photograph. It's her neighbor Bond. That's lovely. Bob in Summit says his cukes are not filling out. Well, I heard that from somebody else this week. Um, it's a water uptake problem, but it can also be a temperature problem. And we we are have we've had a few cool nights. And that stops the ripening process. I have, for example, I have some tomatoes that are half ripe, and they're just sitting there. They're little bitty tomatoes, so I'm not going to take them off. I'm going to try to get them three-quarters ripe in that case. But the same thing is true of your cucumbers. Now, the good news is you can, even when the bottom end doesn't finally fill out, as long as you pick them soon enough while the seeds are still small, there's still plenty there that's edible. But what we're seeing is wet soil, so the plant's roots are not taking up exactly what they need. They're kind of stuck. They're overwhelmed and saturated, and or a cooler temperature, because both of those things will affect cucumbers. Okay? Okay. Nice. Really nice. Oh, my goodness. I have this. Have you ever argued with uh, your parents or with your children about sleeping with pets? Now, you all know that one of my original screen names early, early on was Sleeps with Cats, because I do. And in my case, there the very last night, I had the two library lions on the foot of the bed last night. The study has upended um, this coming out from Concordia University. Guess what? Kids sleep the same if they sleep with their pet or if they don't. Um, there's, there's the space issue. There's the itchy issues. There's the noisiness of the, the animal being there. You know, you, you should, everybody says, oh, the dog should sleep on the floor. Well, that doesn't always happen, and we all know that dogs and cats both love to sleep with their people. And in this particular study, publishing in Sleep Health, 
we're the people that should know about these things, they found that the quality of sleep is surprisingly good in a large number of children who share a bed with their pets and was absolutely indistinguishable from those who do not. So if that's the reason why you couldn't have a pet, that one's not working so well, unless, of course, you're a seriously allergic person. Let's see. Um, I'm looking at the soil that's there. Oh, okay, Crystal Springs, Victoria and Clark have got a raised bed that's four by three. They've got six jalapenos and six better boys in. That's pretty crowded. Um, the Last week they started to wilt and to feel wet and to turn yellow. We water the raised beds when the soil feels dry. What could the problem be? They're too crowded, and you, whatever fertilizer was there has been used up. So if I were you, I would take out maybe... 12 plants in 4 by 3 is barely a square foot for each, and these are big plants. Okay, so I'm going to take out maybe the worst looking of each one and, or, or give it over to the jalapenos and just keep, keep whatever space you need for the tomatoes. But what you need to do is fertilize the tomatoes today. And if they are touching each other, if they're so close to one another that their leaves are rubbing upon each other, you need to take out one or another because that's too small a space for them and they won't be able to take up the fertilizer and continue to grow. But they will do it if you'll give them a chance. Um, I think that there's a, there, that last week when they start to wilt, and, and they are probably overwhelmed with lack of space and their roots are competing with each other because it sounds like your, your bed is well-drained and you're, you're watering every three or four days. That's fine. So that's really excellent. Um, really excellent things. Okay, great. Canadian Institute of Health Research and the Healthy Heart product. I, 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 it's, we seem to be on a theme today about the circadian rhythms and how they affect all of us. And indeed, this is part of what they study in this. Um, they, they did that. They, they, they didn't give them a sleep study, but they did connect them to something that would measure their sleep depth and their sleep pattern during the night and put it, poked a, a sensor on their head, I think. I love this. And they recorded their brain waves just to see what was going on. And every, everything's just the same. You get used to what you get used to. You sleep with the cat or you sleep with the dog. And as long as there's enough room for everybody, it seems to be just fine. I think that's really good news for all of us. Um, need to make sure that you are aware that uh, we're, we're, you know, dates and times and things kind of run together for a lot of us, but tomorrow is the 77th anniversary of D-Day. Each year that goes by, there are fewer people alive who were there or who remember it um, in, in, any, in any way at all. I was born after World War II, but not much. And as a result, I know a lot of stories. I know a lot of things. I bet you do, too. And because history is so important, I want to encourage you to write them down or record them. Everybody's got a telephone. has got a recorder in it. Tell your stories. Talk about your family. Put that into words so that your kids and the kids that come along past them, you know, the future generations of your family or maybe for the archive at your local library. Tell your story. Tell your story. I'm happy to say that I worked for someone whose mother was one of the Rosie the Riveters. Okay, so I know her story. I can tell that one. I know some others, too. I got to say, though, it would have been a good job. It would have been a lot to do. We got a lot of things we got to do. That's why right now, although our time is tight, we won't be gone too long. This is Weekend Gardening.
want to make more money? Do you need a high school diploma? Do you need help fast? No problem. Contact your local community college to learn more about the My Best program. My Best, improving the quality of life for Mississippians. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. If you need a contractor to help rebuild your home after a disaster, don't get scammed. Go licensed. Be skeptical about door-to-door offers of repair services. Ask friends and family for recommendations of contractors that they've used. Get at least three bids and never pay in cash. Don't make a bad situation worse. Protect yourself and your family after disaster strikes. Go licensed. For more information, visit our website at www.msboc.us. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. In addition to reinstating the state's initiative process, Douglas Carswell, president and CEO of the Mississippi Center for Public Policy, said a change to the process may make it more effective. What we need is a system of initiative that changes the statutes of the state, not the Constitution, but the everyday laws. Why? If you make something a constitutional amendment, it's like engraving it in tablets of stone. It puts it beyond democratic control. And Congressman Michael Guest voted in favor of creating a bipartisan commission to investigate the Capitol riot in D.C. While explaining his decision, he said, unlike ongoing investigations, this commission would have given Republicans a seat at the table. Subpoenas couldn't be issued unless everybody agreed to those subpoenas. The report would require a majority so the Democrats couldn't put information in the report that the Republican appointees disagreed with. And the other thing is the committee has to finish up its work by the end of the year. I'm Andy Davis. Hello, this is Rosie the Skunk for Atmos Energy. You might think I make a bad smell. I mean, of course you do. Why wouldn't you? After all, I'm a skunk. But my stinky fragrance is nothing compared to the rotten egg smell of a gas leak because that could be dangerous. So if you think you smell a leak or encounter other signs such as hearing a hissing or blowing sound or seeing a vapor cloud, blowing dirt or bubbling water, do not smoke, talk on the phone, turn on or off equipment or vehicles, or do anything that could cause a spark. Leave the area immediately. Then call 911 and Atmos Energy. Atmos Energy will send a trained technician to investigate the situation. Take it from a skunk. Gas leaks just plain stink. Seriously, there's no gray area here. When dealing with gas leaks, it's black and white. 
<laughs> yep, that's a little skunk humor there. For more information, visit atmosenergy.com slash gas safety. East Central Mississippi will be home to three solar power production facilities starting next year. While these kinds of projects aren't huge job creators, Golden Triangle Development Link CEO Joe Max Higgins believes they'll draw other industries. That's the Amazons of the world, the Google of the world, and even some of the manufacturers that we're working are wanting to use green power. And so we've identified sites that, that we don't think we will use in, in, in many futures for industrial development. Uh, and have worked with solar companies to develop those. And fans will be back for the 2021 Sanderson Farms Championship. After a year without fans, the course at the Country Club of Jackson will once again be lined with people for this year's tournament later this year. Despite the absence of fans in 2020, the tournament was still able to deliver a record $1.4 million to Friends of Children's Hospital, benefiting Blairy Batson. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. NCAA Regional yesterday, Mississippi State won 8-4 over Sanford. They will play VCU tonight in the winter bracket game, 7 o'clock first pitch, 6.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. And Oxford Southern Miss lost to Florida State 5-2 and will now face Southeast Missouri in a stay-alive game at 11 o'clock this morning, weather permitting. Ole Miss won 6-3 over Southeast Missouri and will now face Florida State in the winner's bracket game at 5 o'clock this afternoon, 4.30 will be there to home the Ole Miss Baseball Network. High school baseball action yesterday saw Taylorsville win the 2-8 championship 8-0 over East Union. West Lauderdale beat Sumrall 2-1 in Game 1 of the 4A. Madison Central beat Northwest Rankin 3-2 in Game 1 of the 6A. Then at 10 o'clock this morning in Game 3, 5A Saltillo versus Pascagoula. Game 3 of the 3A series, Boonville versus McGee. And the 4A Game 2 will be at 4 o'clock. And the 6A Game 2 will be at 7. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today. But are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Did you know that one out of four jobs in the state depends on agriculture? That's why we started the Mississippi Ag in the Classroom. It's a school program helping grades K-12 through acquire broader knowledge about agriculture and how it impacts them. It's great to see them learn and get excited about where their food and clothes come from. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. The 153rd running of the Belmont Stakes will be today. 5.50 is post time on NBC. Essential Quality, who finished fourth in the Kentucky Derby, is a 2-1 to one favorite for today's $1.5 million Belmont Stakes and drew the number two post position. Preakness winner Ron Bauer drew the number three post position and is the second choice in today's race at three to one. Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit is not entered in the Belmont Stakes. Other horses in the field, Bourbonic is a 15 to one odds. Hot Rod Charlie is seven to two. Known Agenda is six to one. Rock Your World is a nine to two. And France de Godiana is a 30 to one long shot in today's race and overtook 
In the number eight post position, it's a 20 to one long shot. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so very much for giving me some ear space. Um, It's okay to let that play out while I'm still talking over it. So tell him he doesn't have to slam it down quite so quickly. Hello, good morning. Say hello to Daniel. He's learning things today. But trust me, he'll put up with you if you put up with him. So (laughs) give him a break. He will hear a few cues from this side, however. Believe me, I'm nicer than I used to be when a new producer is involved. My name's Nellie Neal. I'm known as the Garden Mama, and it is my great pleasure and a tremendous privilege to be here with you on Saturdays. I am happy to say that my life's pretty busy. Yesterday I was picking onions. That's right, all the onions. If you follow me on social media, you've seen pictures of them today. No, I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but if you're a person who's interested in growing a multiplying onion or if you want to know more about onions, I'm certainly got it up in my knowledge today. I will tell you this. I have got some beautiful, beautiful shallots that I have pulled. I'm not going to let them dry. I will dry a few and replant, but for the most part, I'm going to enjoy them, um, I believe, in in some sort of seafood thing, because shallots always have such a nice, mild flavor. That's really the only reason that we eat different kinds of onions. That whole allium family, you know, is, is extremely fragrant. You may grow... Um, You may grow Allium giganteum, the gigantic flowering onion that makes a big round purple head that's as big as a softball. Those are so dramatic in the garden. They're beautiful, and they're fun to watch grow in the same way, oh, I don't know, the amaryllis in your living room at Christmas time is fun because it just gets taller and taller and taller, and then suddenly it bursts into flower. So that's really fun to to watch and to enjoy. But the edible onions are a whole other thing. I removed the chive plant and it truly was one little clump um, from the herb bed that I was reworking about a year and a half ago now because it was coming up everywhere and it was it reseeded a few times and I didn't like it. Well, now it has established in this container, but it's a it's a much flatter leafed. The new generation of it is much tastier. I, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I was doing something wrong, but in the in the container it has a much brighter, sharper taste. I like that. On the other hand, I really like the the soft taste that a shallot has in relation to, to that. I don't grow leeks right now, but it, you grow those in the winter time. But leeks also have a much milder taste. So if you think you don't like onions because they're too sharp, first of all, somebody has fed you too many raw onions and you haven't had them properly cooked because they they're good raw, but they're better cooked if you don't like the taste the bite of the raw. And frankly, if you find that the yellow onions that are so ubiquitous, you know, we grow them, we eat them, they're everywhere in every grocery store, go around the corner and get a white onion. It's a milder taste. If you really want that that sweet Vidalia, that's another whole thing. Those are to me those are good onion rings, but they're they're not they don't have enough punch for my uh, what what Emerald calls the the holy trinity, you know, my my Cajun cooking. But 
want to talk red onions, we can talk red. Um, I grew a couple of Cipollinos because somebody gave me some starts, and they're pretty white onions. The red ones didn't make it in that group. <laughs> so I can give you my successes and my failures. 888 that is the Super Talk call line. When you call, Daniel will answer the phone, put you on the air here with me, and tell him where you're calling from, kind of what you want to talk about, so that he can give me a little bit of a heads up on that. Those of you who use the text line appreciate you very, very much. And, of course, that is the CSPAR text line, 601-879-4395. If you don't identify yourself, we will give you a name. And it won't be a mean name. It's just a name because this is, in fact, conversational radio. Greg says that um, <laughs> the cat had the litter in the attic. Remember this one from a few weeks ago? And um, he, he says it's it's just, what am I going to do? But um, the, the the kittens are really driving him crazy, and he's got his, his hands full today. <laughs> I can imagine chasing cats around in an attic is not a fun thing to do. That's a whole different world. Um, let's see. J.J. in Pascagoula says that uh, he used to use black cow as part of the soil mix for pots. Now what is used to be, it, it's not what it used to be. He says, is there a good substitute? Well, really, any composted manure is going to do what the black cow did. It's going to be both an, an, an organic amendment, you know, a, 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 an organic matter amendment, and also have some fertile, fertilizer quality to it. Um, it's hard for me to know what's on the shelf at your garden center, but... If there's, a, if there's a processed chicken manure, it's going to be a little bit more punchy um, than, the, than a cow manure will be. If you happen to be able to run into um, a rabbit manure or bat, guano bat manure, those are even better. But it doesn't, you can use the, the ones that have some bulk to them, though, will have the same quality in the mix that, that the black cow had. And for that, I really do like um, some good, solid, either, either you could get something, for instance, like mushroom compost, but... That's not going to have the quite same structure to it, um, whereas that a composted cow manure would have, which is what I would look for if I needed some of that at the moment. I use a um, um, I use one of the mixes. I use a, a, a composting mix in that that I put together myself, but it's not any fancier than anything else. It's just some composted cow manure and some leaves and things, and I just mix them all up together and let them sit together, and then I use them in my soils. Greg, let's talk about four-leaf clovers. What's on your mind, sir? Garden Mama, good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. What's going on? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I was out on the west side of the house there the other day working, and uh, I noticed I had a little patch here a couple months ago. It looked like they look like four-leaf clovers, Garden Mama, but they're 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 not. They just got this just single like a I don't know the right terminology, but uh, like a bud with a little. A little split at the end, and I'm telling you what, they have took off, and they're coming around my house quicker than a one-legged man <laughs> in a roast stoping contest. There. <laughs> do you have? I, I, do I, they I, have I, flowers? Just, do they have flowers yet? No, ma'am. It's just okay. They're just, like I said. They they've got to appear. So that's the only way I can explain. I'm just well, a layman there. I, I but think the only that way I can they look like clover, though, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And like I said, they started on the. And I mean, they're just—they're just—I mean, they're—they're coming on around there, you know. Well, you were describing one of the plants that I like, that a lot of people feel like are bullies, and there—it'll either be 
it'll either have pink flowers or it'll have yellow flowers. And either way, it is. It's we call it wood sorrel, S O R R E L, or it's also a form of an oxalis. It is kind. It's not really related to the shamrocks and to the four leaf clovers and the white clover and red clover and all that stuff. They're not exactly the same thing, but they do have a lot in common in that they will spread and they will be there forever. So uh, if oh, you do, if you don't want them, dig them up <laughs> or mow over oh, them. <laughs> yeah, they're ten. I mean, they're like a you know a, a, a sack of salters. There, there's a millions of them. Yeah, there, you know. Yeah. Uh, and they're small. Like I said, they have the appearance of a four leaf clover. All the way I can, uh, right. know, the best I can. Well, they're going to make it. They'll make a little water. lump. They won't be more than about four inches tall, and they will eventually bloom. Now that you've got them. I guess I can just keep keep mowing them down there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And that they it's it they do tend to they tend to inhabit areas that have been disturbed and that are not quite right for growing turf grass. You know, in other words, like the edge of a flower bed or the space under a tree that's not really too good for anything else. You know, that they'll they're very opportunistic. Enjoy. Thank you for calling today. I appreciate that. One of the things that we also talk about in that same group of plants, of course, the, the low-growing ground covers that you don't have to do much to, um, is bugleweed, bugleweed or bugleflower. The ajugas are also in that same group. But wood sorrel is almost impossible to get rid of. Um, and, and there are people who don't like it. Um, and and that's, that's unfortunate because <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. Um, let's see. What do you recommend to keep the weeds from growing between the cracks of bricks under a pergola? Really, you can use any kind of weed killer that you want to use. My favorite one, of course, is going to be one that has a corn gluten element to it because it's not going to be a toxic chemical. It's going to be corn gluten. Now, that doesn't mean you can go out and pour cornmeal in there, but people do. The other option from the sustainable part of the world is to about twice a season you go in with your propane torch and burn out the the weeds that are in that space. But I don't mind there being things growing in the little spaces between the bricks. I just want it to be low growing. And so that's why I would prefer just to cut it down with a string trimmer and see if you can can keep things um keep things short or give yourself the opportunity to use a corn gluten product. The Fertilome, you, you say, well, what is that? i got to go to some weird corner of the universe, the Internet, to get it. No, you don't. Fertilome makes one. It's real good. <laughs> Fertilome's in every independent lawn and garden center practically in the South. So that's not going to be a problem. Um, it, 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 corn gluten is one of those things that we, we're not seeing anybody complain about. It's not going to be as it's going to be as quick as maybe um, lighting it on fire, but it's also going to have what I've used it for this year, for example, is to knock down the poison ivy, and then be able to go in and, and get hold of the poison ivy with gloves and long sleeves, and and not be hurt by it. It's a it's a really powerful weed killer, but it's not one that has the same impacts as some of the other things. Okay, so corn gluten is going to be the answer to that one. Let's see. Dan's from Eupora. What's up with your tomatoes, sir? What's going on? Yes, ma'am. I got uh, 12 five-gallon buckets uh, and got big boy tomatoes in them. And I got a five-foot uh, stick to tie them on, and they already at the top of the stick. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It. I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh, my so goodness. What can I do to... Well, here's what I have done. Um, I have added on to the stick a few times. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. I have also taken the opportunity to get 
some wire and just go up higher around the entire pot on the outside. In other words, not trying to put anything in there. No, I don't want to try to, at this point, putting in a tomato cage is going to be shorter than your tomato steak. At this, you know, it's going to be a mess. Plus, it'll mess with the roots. So, but I have used several times in my world, um, I have, I've added just enough of a wire presence either on the top of the steak or all the way around the container just depending on what year it was and what kind of wire I had laying around to cut you know make a circle around the pot and let it grow on up in that like it's a tube but it's hard because the the tomatoes in in five gallon buckets when they get going they get going and you're trying really hard I know to keep them up off the ground to make sure they don't fall over and sometimes the wire can actually help with that too Okay. Okay, I'm I, sorry. I know I it's a lot I of work. Heard maybe last, I thought I heard maybe last week you told a fellow they might could cut them off at the top, and I didn't want to do that unless I talked to you. Well, you sure can after they bear the first time. If they're, if they're finished bearing and, you know, we get into the hot weather when they're just sitting there waiting to see whether they're going to make it to fall or not, I certainly would cut them. I can cut them in half at that point and, and grow them on through the summer. But I would imagine that right now you're picking tomatoes. So I don't, I don't want to mess them up right yeah. now. Hadn't got a, I hadn't got a tomato off of it. I got about 70-something tomatoes on them, green, but I hadn't got mm-hmm. any red ones yet. You know, I think things, because we're, we're just having that slightly, even in Eupora, temperatures have been just a few degrees cooler in May than we expected, and that's really when we usually see things get going in the ripening department. But we're, we're having to catch up with ourselves. I think that's what's taken us a little bit of time. We haven't quite had the best conditions yet. Yes, ma'am. But I'm I excited. Listen, if you've got that many tomatoes, we, we need to be going to your house because <laughs> that's going to be something in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. I've been waiting on my tomatoes. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I've been waiting on my tomato sandwiches and bacon uh, sandwiches, <laughs> but uh, I hadn't had any yet. Soon. Well, I do. Thank you, ma'am. Soon. Have a great day. Thank you, Dan. Have a wonderful we really day. really enjoy your program. Appreciate you. Thank All you right, so bye. much. Do you know, i tell you something. That whole BLT business is just an institution and and it it's y'all know I haven't eaten any bacon in quite a while it's a sad story but it's true cuz I just couldn't take it had too much emotion in it for me I'll tell you all that story later on I'll cry if I start now but I I actually ate some bacon cuz it was in something I didn't know it was in <laughs> it was pretty good <laughs> I may have to be rethinking that time goes by you know stuff changes a little bit for us Some of the things happening in the All Things Garden Mama Weekly, and I appreciate you so very much. Um, If you subscribe to that, if you're part of my community on Patreon, any of the ways that you get in, in touch with me during the week. Saturdays, of course, are reserved for radio and events around that. But I have to tell you that this has been an interesting week in the newsletter department because of the stories that have come along. I, I, I don't quote Mark Twain all the time, but this is a good one. The right word may be effective, but no word was ever as effective as a rightly timed pause. Think about it. <laughs> and what he's talking about is not the research, but I can see why they quoted him. From Washington University in St. Louis, one of my favorite schools. When you have electric fish, and yes, you know we do have electric fish, In addition to electric eels, we have electric fish. They'll pause, okay, before they send out the electric pulse that is their communication. They just slow down. Well, so do I. And so do you probably. 
Um, if you've ever had occasion to have to tell a child something that they didn't want to hear, which, let's face it, is a lot of the stuff they have to hear, stuff they don't want to hear, you'll, you'll slow down, or if, you, if you're smart, you'll slow down and make them listen. My kids still know if I get really quiet, it's not good. If I go all the way into silence, they may as well sit and sit down and get ready because it's coming. And in fact, what we have see what we see in this particular well-timed pause study is that uh, the the folks at Washington University there in St. Louis have given us the perfect perfect opportunity to understand how this works for us. The fish, of course, use weak electric discharges, which are actually more like pulses, to communicate with one another. And they, 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 they find that what they're going to eat that way. They find their prey that way. So what the scientists did, because you know scientists, they observed that electric fish that were alone in their tanks tended to hum along without stopping very much. They just sort of... But if there's other fish in the tank, they'll stop before they say something. They'll pause for emphasis. The same way we do, the same way we human beings do. Human auditory systems, that's your ears, respond more strongly to words that come right after the pause. That's why when you say, turn the light off when you leave the room, (laughs) you're going to go, Daniel, Rhino, turn the light off when you leave the room. You're not going to just run it all together. You're going to get their attention first, and then you're going to say what you have to say. Electric fish do the same thing. I think that's just brilliant. We're gonna uh, we, we we need that to come up underneath me. You'll be able to hear it. There we go. See, this is a really cool song, and it particularly goes with me. But believe you, it wasn't here the first time that I was called. This is weekend gardening. We here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. There's not a lot that's free in life. I mean, it costs to bring you into this world, and when you leave it, and everything in between. Well, there is something free and valuable to your well-being, and that's for you to call 811 before you dig, pull stumps, erect a mailbox, dig a post, or start a garden. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. 
Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your Garden Mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Joy Builder, Gold Builder, Respect Builder, Credit Builder, Me Builder, Dream Builder. Meet Self, the app that helps you build credit and savings so you can build your dreams. We're here to keep you on track while you build positive payment history to build your credit. Know what's really cool? You get your money back in the end, minus interest and fees. You've got dreams, we've got you. Download Self today and let's get that dream built. All Credit Builder accounts made by Lee Bank, Sunrise Banks, N.A. or Atlanta Capital Bank, N.A. All equal housing lenders and members FDIC. Individual results will vary. Visit self.inc for more details. G3 Services is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman, Buddy Slowick, has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi, the home of Ole Miss Sports, brought to you in part by All Britain's Jewelers, Diamonds, Watches, Specialty Gifts, and more. Your family-owned full-service jewelers since 1920. Visit All Britain's Jewelry in their new location on Old Canton Road behind Highland Village. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Say hello to simple you can savor. Below dissolvable nicotine lozenges are smoke-free and hassle-free and made to enjoy virtually anywhere. Why? Because they dissolve, but the flavor doesn't. So go ahead and enjoy on your time and on your terms. Below lozenges are available at a convenience store near you or at below.com. Get yours now. Website restricted to age 21 plus nicotine consumers. Nicotine products. Underage sale prohibited. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit beefy, or even with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Affordable term life insurance is out there. Call term provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-481-1458. 800-481-1458 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Y'all are so funny. I got three emails last week after talking about the new music from Mr. Van there, and two of you liked it, and one of you thought it was the worst thing you had ever heard. <laughs> so I think what we're about then with the reviewers, you know, we're kind of some of this and some of that. But Full Force Gale was not one of his big hits, and so I, probably why I like it. But it's just a little bit different. Um, it's, it's a little bit different. Wayne in Brookhaven wants to know, is it too late to plant potatoes? Um, yes. And would, potato, would purple potatoes grow here? Yes. Uh, plant them in the fall. We're going to plant them for the fall garden, or we're going to plant them for the spring garden. But it's the summer is not the time to, to plant the potatoes. 
from Van Cleve. A beautiful, beautiful picture of what I believe is a lupin, L-U-P-I-N-E. It's related to um, the Texas blue bonnets, and that's why the, the leaf is characteristic there. It, 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 she wants to know if it would grow in Van Cleve. It's going to be hard to grow in Van Cleve because we have such a hot summer there, but it will grow in my the way I, the way I remember this I've never I haven't done it myself but the way I remember this is that it's the same group as larkspur and delphinium and foxglove and this yes you can plant them in the fall there and grow them through the winter for flowering in the springtime but they're not going to be a, they're going to be an annual plant as opposed to a, a perennial okay let's see um Carol wants to prevent the the tomato rot on the bottom lower you know it's, um, blossom end rot that of course is a matter of watering and we've had such wet conditions this year that it's hard to know when the plants are dry enough to water again but you do need to be moderate with the water that's why I say mulch your tomatoes once the soil warms up which it has done now and also if you have got a problem that you just can't get away from it it's staying too wet staying too dry back and forth get a tiny bottle of tomato spray it's going to be called something like bloom or blossom set i don't honestly know the name of the product but it's a it's calcium in a bottle and you spray the flowers with it and that will help it help the situation but it's really a matter of watering more than anything else the tomatoes of course are one of our most precious crops and not the easiest one to grow but calcium will help in that case okay Oh, now we can all be jealous. Richard and Steens had a tomato sandwich yesterday, and he did spell it that way, S-A-M-M-I-C-H, which we all approve of, by the way. Um, I, I love that. So much fun. No problem with that. Thank you very much. I appreciate y'all. Um, now, Terry, you're giving us away now in Bogachetta. Hey, Nat. Y'all, are you there today? Is your mama there? Anyway. Um Terry says he still has the 8-track tape from J.J. Kale. I think that qualifies as an antique, and you probably ought to ask a lot of money for it if it still works, except you may have to sell somebody the 8-track player, too, because there's not a lot of those around. I, uh, I, I've been going through my music, too. That's another one of those rainy day tasks when you're trying to get figure out what all... For those of you who don't know me, the book I should have written, instead of, in addition to the 12 garden books that so far, and I'm working on another one, but the, in addition to that, I should have written the book that says, move every 10 years, even if it's only across the street. Because otherwise, everybody you know and everyone you're related to will leave all of their stuff at your house. And if, like me, you say, oh, yeah, sure, just put it in the attic, <laughs> 10, 15 years later, oh, my goodness. <laughs> there's, there's nothing that valuable there. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. Things I gotta do something with. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, let's see. Oh fun. I think that sweet gum will do that. I believe that it would. Um Alan's in in, in, in two two blocks from the beach in my precious summer home as a child of Gulfport. He says that he sees the full-grown um, liquid ambers. That's, of course, the sweet gum trees. And he would like to grow the slender sil- silhouetted one. I believe I believe you can grow the upright one in the same way that we can grow both the uprights of, of several different plants. The upright magnolia we can grow as opposed to the sprawling one. We can grow the upright in several different ones. I think that would be a good bet. And it would be beautiful. They are lovely, plant, lovely trees. Um, that is terrific. Um, all right. 
there's some Brussels sprouts. That's wonderful, Corinne. And it does sometimes take this long. But she's got them. And the, the winter weather, all it did was start them over again. So that's great. That's terrific. Thank you. Well, 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 welcoming in, Mr. Mickey. Is this you, Uncle Mick? Good morning, sweet lady. It's been so long. Oh, my goodness. It's so wonderful to hear your voice. Oh, man, I tell you what, I'm about like a bird in a rice patch picking up three grains at a time. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Uh, what can you tell me good? I uh, I picked up a plant from an old house place. I took it to Callaway's Yard and Garden, and they said, I ain't got no earthly idea you need to talk to garden mom. <laughs> I've been set up. Uh, I've been set up. Let's play stump the horticulturist. What does it look like? <laughs> well, it's got little heart-shaped leaves on it, and it runs up a spire about thirty, maybe well twenty-four to thirty-six inches, and it's got little red tubular blossom, uh, flowers on it, and they're about they're spaced about uh, about three quarters of an inch apart, up and down the stem. Yes, ma'am. The, are the leaves kind of ferny looking? Uh, no, ma'am. Okay. Then They're it's not thick. a steel bee. They're thick. Mm. I think you might have coral bean. Have you ever grown coral bean before? Like I say, I you may have picked that up because it would old, be it would be at an, an old, old place. house place. It would be at an old house place. <laughs> but it has it has yeah. a strong stem. It has stiff leaves that are really medium green color, and then those flowers come off the stem of come off the flower stem, just like little tubes. And I think that that might be that plant because that's what I would think. I would imagine that you would find that in your area near Ethel. Um, beautiful plant. Be real careful. The, the seeds and whatnot, all that are very poisonous, but the plant itself is just gorgeous. Mm. Gorgeous. Well, I, like I say, it's been so long. I've, I, I, I miss you. you. <laughs> I, I stay in the garden, and uh, uh, but uh, I, I, I tried to uh, email it, but I, I don't know. It, it didn't. Something that I ain't, okay. I ain't up for this right, well, write this one. Write this one down because you're probably trying the one I don't have anymore. Mama M A M A on air at yahoo dot com. I would love to hear from you. On Yahoo. Yep, at Yahoo. Com. Mama on air at yahoo dot com. I'll do that. And All right. I'll send it to you, and we'll make sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful to hear I from am, you. Thank you. Appreciate you, Uncle. That's that's he's he, Uncle Mick is everybody's Uncle Mick. He's not my Uncle Mick. <laughs> this is not a family thing. But he he was in fact, um, as my late husband would say, I, there's hardly anybody I'm not related to by the two or three generations back. You go far enough back, he and Uncle Mick were also related to one another. It's pretty the wonderful gardener, really really sharp man, um, person who has literally built and done a million wonderful things um, for this state, and, and I'm, I'm happy to have a chance to catch up with him. I did not find an address or a phone number for him in my all of my stuff. So, <laughs> Oh, this is really pretty, Sandra. Thank you for sending that. Lovely, lovely day lilies today. Really pretty. Gorgeous stuff. So, we now know that electric eels and electric fish, in addition to human beings, will pause before they speak you know that's the, the the dead air that is our enemy here in radio still does have to be punctuated by pauses 
Not long pauses. Because, you know, then you think that something's happened. But it hasn't. Our citizen scientists are at it again, my friends. I'm happy to tell you that in Oregon, the bat count is going very, very well. I'm waiting because it's Oregon. I'm waiting for them to start the, you know, the hornet, uh, the, the, the bee hornet count. They're going to actually have people out doing that, I'm sure. But in this case, the, the citizen scientists' potential for helping, let's face it, you can't possibly get out there and count everything. So they're going to help us understand a lot more about bats. They've been listening for the rare and wonderful spotted bat. That's right. They're listening for this particular one. It's Euderma maculatum. In and out of the Ochoa National Forest as well as the Deschutes. It's a beautiful part of the country. If you've never been there, take your chance if you can and go. It's lovely, lovely, lovely. Um, they did... 24,000 square kilometers, they did 60 surveys, and they heard the bat 24 times. That's a lot compared to what we knew about this bat previously. So because we have citizen scientists who can be there at different times and who are not, frankly, on anybody's clock you know, to, to get there, um, the opportunity is to get more and more information in getting in there. And since bats navigate by echolocation, it makes sense that we would need to listen for them, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Um, let's see. Um, bump, 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 bump. Yeah, look up Carl Bean. That's, that's going to help. Carl Bean's a beautiful plant. Um, wonderful, wonderful. The, this is... Uh, I don't understand what this one means. But anyway, um, I just I love hearing about cats. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> great, great fun. I don't know if, like me, you're finding that some perennials tend to do better in the bed than others. I have way too many perennial hibiscus and not nearly enough blue salvia. What that tells me is that not only are the is the soil perfectly capable of spreading the for for those hibiscus to spread underground, but also that I don't have what it takes my individual spots for my salvia. I need to just plant more of them because they 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 bunch up and make a little bit bigger space, but they're not able to compete with everything else in that bed because there's not enough of them. And I think that's one of the things we all have to understand when we're putting those um spiky salvias out there to try and give us some both color and also some attractiveness for pollinators and hummingbirds and whatnot we got to have a lot of them and especially because when blue disappears so quickly at night as the evening comes on you do need to mix it with some other colors or else the entire bed will look kind of blank when you pull in in the evening i think it's important to mix those colors for the pollinators too I have um, really been impressed with the regrowth on my Vitex agnus castus. The trunks of it were so big around, and I didn't cut it at all last year. So this year I had to cut it down with a saw, and that means that it, it, got, it, it has about a two-inch trunk, three of them. And now they have literally puffed up. They're going to be just beautiful when they start blooming. They're blooming a little later. There are some that are already blooming in the neighborhood. But because this one had to have some work on it, it's going to take a little bit longer to get it started. Be patient. It's just June. I know it's June already. Good grief, but it's just June. And in the garden, we're really only halfway through our year. We, we, we garden all year long here, and for good reason. We have the opportunity to do that. We have the opportunity to plant some more of those salvias. I'm not going to tell you to be out there 
necessarily planting trees in the summertime, but adding to the perennial garden when the weather is pleasant for it is fine. Adding to the annual flower plantings all the time is good, and we're right on the verge of time to plant the second vegetable garden. So, for example, if you have squash plants that didn't do so well, or if you've just thought, well, you know, maybe I'll try some squash, this is the time to begin those seeds, to start them in a nice quiet corner of of your either in your house or out on your porch or somewhere and have them ready to transplant into the garden in about a month. It won't take very long to get for that time to pass and you'll be glad that you did. We have a lot of stuff of course that we can um, plant at this time of the year and if you if you're really working on your lawn that may be what you're more concerned with than anything else. By the time you get the weeds under control and get the lawn growing you can pretty well look and see where it's not doing so well and this may be the time to come in and do some patching. This may be the time to pick up a couple of squares of whatever the sod is that you're growing. Don't introduce a different one if you can help it, but go get Centipede or go get St. Augustine or go get whatever yours is and put it in chunks. You're not going to need to lay sod on top of the whole thing, but you are going to want to put some sod squares, for example, and cut them into two-inch squares. Add that where the areas are not doing as well as you'd like. This humidity, this wet weather, all of these things are excellent for lawn growth. You know that because you're having to do an awful lot more mowing now than you did, say, in March. Wayne's got a plant that has spread around. It's got a, it's thorny, it's covered up, um, and it probably, and it looks like some kind of small tree. I don't know what that is. There's so many of them that'll do that. Um, they'll they'll be thorny and, and kind of look tree-ish, but not quite. And so many trees actually are different when they sprout than when they're going to grow. For example, you may see something that looks kind of like little thin um, needles coming off of a, a, of a stem, but it doesn't look anything like a pine tree, and yet it is. So that's one of the things. But I don't know, Wayne. That one, I don't know. Send me a picture, and I'll be glad to try to take a look. I I, I am stumped sometimes, though. You know, that's just how that works. Now, this is Bombay Calling, and in fact, I had written down Bombay Calling 2, but that's okay. I'm just having to do the corrections because this is live radio and we are in the mix. Stick around. we got more to go. This is Weekend Gardening. want that dream job? Do you need the right skills and credentials to get there? Did you know more than 2,000 students have taken advantage of the MyBest program for free? Contact your local community college to learn more about the MyBest program. Take charge of your life and make your dreams a reality by attending a Mississippi community college. I'm Dr. Andrea Mayfield, Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Funding for this ad provided by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. This is Jake Mangum. Some call me the mayor. No player wins any game by themselves. It takes a team. So if you want excellent customer service and competitive insurance rates, you need to go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau, just like I did. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. 
Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Does your body hurt? Have you tried unsuccessful treatments for plantar fasciitis, tennis elbow, shoulder pain, or IT band? Innovative Health Clinic, formerly Acoustic Wave Treatment Center, offers an affordable non-surgical solution through acoustic wave therapy. The beneficial effects of acoustic wave therapy are often experienced after only one or two treatments. The therapy eliminates pain and restores mobility, improving your quality of life. Schedule your appointment at 601-944-5585 or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Now taking same-day appointments. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's Baroni's treepros.com. Meet Bob Minetti. In 2016, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Bob participated in a clinical trial that included cutting-edge radiation therapy and surgery. He's been in remission since completion. I'm Keisha Sharp. Since losing my mother to pancreatic cancer, I've been working to share the kind of state-of-the-art work being done by Stand Up to Cancer and Lust Garden Foundation. To learn more about the latest research, including clinical trials, visit pancreaticcancercollective.org. Arguably the best guitar player in the history of the universe. Korean War veteran, astounding man, Mr. Jimi Hendrix. Thank you very much. So glad I got to see him play. My goodness. It's one of those things that no matter how good you thought he was, he was better. And that's that's some of the sadness, really, of... Um, 
I grew up thinking that, you know, all artists were crazy and did drugs and this and that and the other thing. That's not really true. But there were some terrible examples that I hope most of my generation learned from, and hopefully the future did, because what would he be doing now? I don't know. Now, it was an accident, but still, there was a lot of things that contributed to a way of life that was not going to last a whole long time, in his case. Janis Joplin is another. It just wasn't going to work. And sadly, um, we, we don't know how they would have, but we don't know what they'd be doing today. I'd like to think that, uh, because Mr. Hendricks was very busy at the time, setting up schools and doing things to teach other people about guitars and, and doing things in his native um, Oregon. I'm sorry, Washington, Seattle, I think is where he's from. But anyway, the, that whole thing has turned into a big deal, but it's his legacy. It's not him. It's, it's just interesting. Stuff that we have to learn from one another. Eric's in Crystal Springs. He wants to know how and when can I transplant bamboo or other cane for a natural fence? Right now, Eric, any of your neighbors are going, no, no, don't do that. Please don't do that. Here's why. The cane that's going to spread fast enough to be a fence is also going to keep spreading. And so you can, you can plant it really any time. You can take, you can dig some up. You can, in fact, if, if I had a backhoe, I'd bring you some of mine. But you, you can get it out of the, of, of the garden, out of, out of the yard as a clump, or you can actually take the canes themselves, cut them along each of those joints where the growth can pop up. Those are growth nodes, and is how cane is put together. Lay those down and let them sprout. So you can go either way. Um, but it's, it's a matter of how, what do you do next? And that is try to figure out a way to keep it from going where you don't want it to go. If you got a lot of space, there is nothing more beautiful. I think about driving, um, coming when, when I drive to the Delta, go over the big black. There's some magnificent cane up there, just as big around as my arm, probably my leg, if I got close enough to it to see it. It's just beautiful, beautiful old cane. But you need a lot of space to do that. So if you have less than an acre to devote to this, I would say dig a trench. And then dig a trench on either side of it so that you're planting in the center of a space that you can then keep clean and mowed on either side. It's the best way to do that. And it is wonderful. It's a beautiful plant. No question. Beautiful, beautiful plant. The Georgia Tech College of Engineering wants to teach us more about elephants. And oh my goodness, we didn't know this, but we do now. They wanted to understand what's the deal with the trunks. We all, you know, we're all fascinated by elephants having trunks. It's all really very cool. But while octopus use jets of water to, to literally move things from one place to another, they can, you know, send fish above and catch insects and do all kinds of stuff. They found that elephants are really the only animals on the land that are able to use suction as well. In other words, they can use it. We understand that they take water up from when they're taking water out of a pond, but they can also use that same suction on land. Guess what? They can store nine liters of water. What is a liter? Well, you can translate it, but the more important fact probably is that, in fact, they can suck up three liters per second. That's 12 cups of water. Okay? Do the math. That's an amazing amount. And they take it up 50 times faster than a human can sneeze. So if you don't think the trunk is an amazing thing, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. It really, really is. Um, quickly, Bill in Pascagoula, what's going on, sir? 
Well, got a little issue with uh, tomato fruit worms. Okay. And I want to be real careful what I use because I've got about four or five lady uh, ladybugs in my on my plants, mm-hmm. and I've got uh, some wasp in there. I've got some honeybees in there, uh, dragonflies and such. So and, you're, I, and you're still, but you're still getting, anything. yeah, but you're still getting um, fruit worms in the tomatoes. Yeah, they're, they're no, in I've the fruit or, or on the fruit. They're in the fruit or on the fruit. They both. I okay. have I'll find one on the limb, and I'll pick it off and squash it, but usually it's already in the tomato before I can. Okay, because there are two different critters. Um, the hornworm is the one that will strip the plant of all of its leaves, and if there's anything left after that, it will eat the fruit. But there are also fruit worms that are basically laid eggs that then burrow into the fruit. So you may have both things going on. Um, the, the reason that I'm a sustainable gardener is because I, too, want to make sure that my pollinators and all my quote-unquote good guys, you know, the good wasps and all those guys, have a way to live. And part of it is what we do, and part of it is when we do it. So I'm going to tell you that if you can't pluck all of those off and stomp them, which we'd like to do the first thing, but if you're also getting them that are already in the fruit, then the timing of your of any spray or any dusting that you use will have a lot to do with it. For example, the ladybugs and the pollinators and one thing and another tend to be busier in the morning and in the daytime. So if you are needing to treat a plant and you spray it in the evening, then you're not likely to disrupt the pollinators because the reason we use the products we use is because they're gone by morning. So in the case of the the fruit worm itself, it's going to be difficult to control if you can't see that where they're burrowing in from. But when you can see those worms on the outside, you're in a good case for both stomping and squishing, which you're doing, but then also p- applying spinosad, which is that organic, but it's a bacterial development that we were able to find a few years ago, thank goodness, that takes control of the problem, has a very, very short residual time. So if you put it on late in the evening, it's not going to affect anybody that comes by in the morning. Oh, spinosad, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've dealt with tomato hardware before. They're easy to get rid of because they're so big. You right. Them. By the time you find them, you can squish them. But the ones that are in the fruit itself, it's going to be a lot tougher to do. And and I just I just have to tell you, it's you may lose some fruit, but if you can find the eggs and you can find where they are, you're going to have a better control of it. But you can still stop the situation with spinosad. One more question: What do those fruit worm eggs look like? You know, I I was thinking I wanted to describe them to you, but I don't honestly remember if they're red or green. Um, they're they're going to be the size. It's a little bigger than the head of a pin, and they're they're not really in clusters. They're in they're they're near each other, but they're not like, you know, how you run into a cluster of squash bugs or something like that, and all those eggs are just in one little spot. Well, these are not going to all be in one spot. They're spread around. Would they be on the leaves? Yeah, they could be. Or on the little pedestal on the stem from the leaf going into the plant, that little piece? That's popular. I found some little tiny black-looking things that looked like it could be eggs. Yep, 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 yep. And I didn't know what they were, but I just took a pair of gloves and I squashed them as I pulled them off. You have to kind of squash them on the leaf itself. That's right, that's right. And, And then sometimes I'll come back with just literally just soapy water and spray that particular part of the plant. So in case I missed one, <laughs> I can drown it. I don't know what I'm thinking at that moment, but there's it's a follow-up, and it seems to help. All right, so slide the edge and do that. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is, it. get the get the the fruit that have the fruit worms in it, get them out of your garden. Don't leave them to, to 
produce a place where they can grow, okay? There's a pod close by. I throw them in that pod. (laughs) They'll eat them up. Thank you. That's a great one. That's a great one. All right. We got to get out of here. The clock has run upon me. Let's see, Gloria. Um, I don't know what you got. Oh, you've got scale insects. Okay, go take a look and find about find out about scale insects on magnolias. Come back next week, y'all. Come see me in the meantime, Mama on Air at Yahoo.com or at Patreon.com slash Garden Mama. This is Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, visit our website at msboc.us. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by Ab. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.